Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, says in John chapter 10. That's his resume. And he's after us. It says that, he says, be sober, be vigilant, before, because your adversary, the devil, everybody say the devil, walks about as a roaring lion. He's not a lion, but he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. He wants to destroy. He wants to kill. He wants to steal. He wants to steal from your finances. He wants to steal relationships, kill relationships, kill marriages. He wants to destroy you. That's, that's, that's exactly what enemy wants to do. And so we have to know how to battle the enemy. And there's some strongholds. Our foundational scripture we're going to turn to here this morning is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm in the New King James Version. We'll read it verses uh, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshy, they're not guns and grenades and machetes. It says, but they're what? Mighty in who? Mighty in God. I mean, underline that. Your weapons you have are mighty in God. And what do those weapons do? Pull down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Christ is the Word. So you're bringing every thought captive. You're bringing it. You take inventory of your thoughts. You take every thought captive, and you bring it to the Word. Does it line up with the Word? Does it agree with the Word? If it doesn't line up with the Word, then you kick it to the curve. You only receive what the word, what agrees with the word, that lines up with the word. Anything else, you kick it to the curve. And ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. We ask the spirit of truth to guide us on all truth here this morning. Father, it's not about opinions. It's about your word. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Your word is spirit, is life, is truth, is life. It can transform us. It can renew us. If we meditate on the word day and night, it causes us to have good success in every area of our life. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. It sanctifies us. It's quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so we want that word to come alive into us today. Anoint my voice here this morning. Lord, I know I'm just a conduit. You, your power flows through, but also the anoint the ears of the listeners that they can hear your word grasp it and go forward in your kingdom and we give you praise careful praise for all the fruit that's born in Jesus mighty name everybody say amen Amen. here there this morning I want to say here this morning there are two atmospheres two atmospheres two realms all right you have the physical realm the physical atmosphere that's how we relate with one another as human beings we walk around in flesh we have flesh but there's another realm also is also is the spiritual realm now, when you're born, you're born because of Adam and Eve, and when they fell in sin on that, in the Garden of Eden, when they fell off that bridge, sin entered the world. So we are born into sin. They died spiritually. They have a physical body, but they died spiritually that day. We are born into sin, so we are born 
spiritually, we're dead. So there are people out there walking that are alive physically, but spiritually, there's nothing there. And so what do you have to do? Jesus Christ came and gave his life on the cross that you might be born again. Now, the word born again means to be born again in your spirit, to be born again in the kingdom of God. For heaven to be your home and for you to be uh, have a mediator through Christ Jesus with the Father, you have to be born again. You have to be born into the Spirit. And so there's a spiritual realm. So the, the, the physical realm is how we relate physically, but we need to be born again because then you're given a spirit becomes brand new. How many of you know it says in Corinthians, it says that, that, that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old passes away and we become new. So really you become, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you believe that he died on that cross and shed his blood and paid your sin debt, then you receive the gift of righteousness when you put your faith in that. It's not by works, lest a man should boast. You don't earn your salvation. Matter of fact, you become a three-part being when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, Paul said like this. He says, I pray that you be preserved in the coming of Jesus Christ with your spirit, soul, and body. So you're, you are, when you're born again, you are a spirit. That's the real you. And you have a body, which is your earth suit, which is your flesh. You have a soul, but you're not a soul. Your soul is made up of your will, your mind, and emotions. And so your identity is spirit. When you become born again, that spirit is perfect. That new you is perfect. So a third of you is perfect. But how many of you know that you got a mind that's got stinking thinking? Huh? And we have to renew that mind, sanctify it, transform it by the renewing of God with the word, God's Word. We have to renew that. We have to do that with the Word of God. We have to transform our soul, our mind, to line up with the Word of God. And how many of you know your body didn't change when you got born again? You've got a body, and it has, it has its own, there's a lust of the flesh. Um, see, God ordained us to have a body with flesh but, but we have to be careful of the lust of the flesh. See, God gave us, you know, we're to eat, right? Our flesh, we, we're to eat. And, but a lust of the flesh is when you want to eat everything. You know, like, 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 like I remember one time we were over here at a little restaurant in town. This is years ago. And I remember we all got a dessert, and I had a pecan pie, and I looked over, and someone else had cheesecake, and someone over here had German chocolate cake, and someone else had hot fudge looking like a sundae or some molten cake or something. And I was thinking to myself, I want it all. <laughs> That's the lust of the flesh. I would have felt terrible if I would have ate all of that. I wanted to. I felt tempted to do but I didn't do it, right? It's like this. We're, we're, God has given us, he's ordained us, he's given us sleep. He provides a sweet sleep. But the lust of the flesh would be when you want to sleep all day, right? When you don't want to get up. So we have to watch out. We have enemies out there. There's two enemies, really. is is Satan who comes in the battlefield is in your mind, right? He's trying to take your mind. And so you have to, you have to guard against your mind because Satan will try to bring thoughts and bring strongholds. So here, Paul is saying in, in 2 Corinthians 10 that though we walk humanly in the flesh, in this physical world, we don't war with the flesh. We don't pull things down with the flesh. It's, listen, it's not human philosophy. It's not education. It's not money. It's not natural resources. If you have a stronghold that comes from the enemy, the devil, right? It's a spiritual stronghold. 
You have to cast those things out. You have to listen. <laughs> you don't cancel a demon. You cast out a demon. Amen? You don't medicate a devil. You cast out a devil. See, if it's spiritual, listen, nothing in the natural is going to take care of it. If it's spiritual, you have to use spirit to cast out spiritual things. And we know that greater is he that's in us, right, than he that's in the world. So there's two physical realms. So there's a natural, and the natural is, is subject to the, to the spiritual because the spiritual is what made it. God made the earth. God made the world. But how many people, have you heard this, are carnal Christians? They just run and operate by their flesh. They run and operate by their emotions. They, they make decisions all by just natural things. And that's not what we're supposed to do. The Bible says right there that we're to, we have mighty weapons that are in God, so they're spiritual, and we're to take every thought captive. How many thoughts, church? That means we've got to be a good custodian of our thoughts. We have to be aware of what our thoughts are. Our thoughts lined up in faith or our thoughts lined up in fear. Now, faith is a weapon. Faith is a weapon. That's how God moves. He's a God who moves by faith. God does not move by need. If God moved by need, then the, the, the people in these third world countries that have needs, he would move. But if God moves by faith. It's by belief. Faith is not seen, but it's spiritual. God gives us a measure of our faith. But we can grow our faith by hearing the word of God. So faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is not seen, but it has substance. It is substance, and it can create substance. What kind of substance is it creating? For the things that you hope for, that you're trusting God. Listen, I'm, how many of y'all trust in God for something, the promises of God for something? One area in your life, you, you, your hope is lying in that. You have a promise from God. You know the promises of God are yes and amen. So for you to receive that promise, you have a part to do. It's all God's power, not of our power. But when we put our faith, then God moves because of our faith. How many times did Jesus say, your faith has made you whole? Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. So all the power, it's not, listen, it's not faith in our faith, it's faith in God. Amen? You know, our, we don't have faith in our faith, we have faith in God. But that's, faith without works is dead. So there's got to be an action to our faith. There's got to be, for faith to be real and genuine, there has to be a corresponding action. It has to be a corresponding action. If every one of you thought there was a storm headed this way, that there's a tornado headed right now, and you could hear it coming, what would you do? Would you just be sitting there just like you are right now? No, you'd be under the seats. You'd be taking cover, right? Why? Because <laughs> faith, what you believe, takes action, right? So sometimes church folks do this. They say a lot of things about God, but they don't act on it. They talk about God's Word, but they don't act on it. And we need to make sure that we're operating faith. Faith takes action. There's a corresponding action to our faith. So, faith is how God moves. If you want to receive from God, it's through faith. Faith is the substance of things that can create and form what you're believing, the promises of God, what you're hoping for. Now, fear is another way that fear is not from God. Fear is from the devil. Fear is how the devil operates. God moves by faith. 
The devil moves by fear. All the works of the flesh can come down to this. It's rooted in fear. Anger, wrath, bitterness, fear. All of that, that's how the devil operates. And so if you are dealing with fear in your life, if your propensity is to always to be wringing your hands and you're worrying and you're, and you're fearful, listen, that is from the devil. That's from Satan. Because, listen, it's a spiritual thing. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1.7. What does it say? 2 Timothy 1.7 says this. It says, for God did not give us what? What, what is it? It's a spirit. So God did not give us a spirit of fear, but what did he give us, church? Power, love, and a sound mind. When you're in fear, do you have a sound mind? You're making choices. You're making decisions out of fear. And so you have to bind those things. If fear comes along, that's from the enemy. If fear comes along, that's from a vexing spirit. That's a demonic influence. So how do you deal with it? You don't just naturally cancel it out. You've got to cast it out by the word of God. What did Jesus say to the devil every time the devil brought him a thought into the garden? He said, get behind me, Satan. Did he, did he battle thoughts with thoughts? No, you, 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 don't fight. you don't fight spiritual thoughts with natural thoughts or philosophy. You fight them with the Word of God. So, how are you gonna, how, so here's what you do. If you're dealing with fear, you say, Spirit of fear, I bind you in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. Nothing to do with your power, but Jesus has given you that authority. He's given you the name above all names. And when you use that authority, whatever you bind on earth, heaven will back you up. Whatever you bind on earth, heaven says, we'll bind. It will be bound in heaven. And so we have to take those steps. So you need to realize, am I, am I, when thoughts come along, is this faith-filled thoughts or is this fear-filled? Is it negative thoughts? Because you've got to be careful because thoughts that come along can appeal to your emotions. And they come to your emotions, and the next thing, you'll make decisions and choices off those emotions. And the next thing that happens, it takes action, and then your actions become habits, and your habits become character. And the next thing you know, you're manifest, you have the fruit of the thing you thought about. You remember what Job said? He says, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. That means he thought about it. We have to be careful that we're not letting... Listen, thoughts come along. Remember I said last week, you can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can't stop him from building a nest in your hair. You can't stop the bird from flying over. That means that you can't stop for thoughts coming your way, but you can't stop it from receiving it and taking that thought and meditating on that thought. So we have to cast those thoughts down. So we need to go to a new level, folks. We need to go to a new level. And I'm talking about faith, confirming God's word. Listen, we got to move from theology and theory to a demonstration of God's Word. It's one thing when you get born again, you start learning about God's Word, but it's got to be more than theory. There has to be a, a confirmation of signs and wonders, signs and miracles that happen, that take place. Matter of fact, Jesus, when he gave power to the disciples, they went about and they healed all that were sick. And, and, and it says, and they did this confirming the word of God. So I don't want to come into church, and this is how some folks do sometimes, and just read this word like it's a historical, you know, like history. 
Like God did this in the past. That's not going to help you at all. Listen, if God did it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's still doing it today. If he healed back in Mark, Luke, and John, he'll still heal today. He's not a respected person. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. You believe that? Say amen. amen. So we have to go to a new level. So let's look at Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. You know, in verse 20, it says that they went about healing and, and, and spreading the good news, confirming the word of God. Now, let me pull up the scripture, Mark chapter 16, 17 through 18. Is it up there, church? And these signs will follow those who believe. We don't follow signs. We don't go chasing signs. Signs follow us. You catch that? We don't go running after signs. Signs should be following after us. Signs follow those who what? Those who are Christians? say that those who are come to church those who what see the the biggest thing that God wants you to get in your life is to believe don't fear that's one of the greatest commandments God tells us not to do he says it more than any other commandment don't fear be strong be courageous don't fear fear thou not for I'm with you don't fear. Don't fear. Why? Because the enemy uses fear. So we have to, we have to, we have to believe. Remember he told the woman, he said to the man who, whose daughter had died, he says, only believe. Who has believed our report? That's what God says. Are you one that believes God's word? Do you believe this is yes and amen? Huh? We sing about standing on the promises of God, right? But do you know the promises of God? I'm standing on them, but you don't know them. You've got to know the Word of God. You've got to believe in the Word of God. You can't believe unless you know it. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, in whose name? Jesus' name, they will cast out demons, semicolon. Saying, what? What's going on here? We're casting out demons? Yes. Let me tell you something. There are demons and vexing spirits on this earth. When, when the disciples went out one time and they came back to Jesus and says, Jesus, even the demons are subject to your name. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Meaning that I was there before the pre-incarnate Christ. I was the Word of God with the Father, with the Holy Spirit in heaven. And I saw when Satan took a third of the angels and tried to take on God, and God thumped him to the earth. That's why Jesus says, I was there. I saw Satan fall like lightning. There are a third of the angels. Man, the devil had to be a talker, right? To take a third of the angels and think, we're going to go take on God. And he thumped into the earth. So those vexing spirits, those unclean spirits, they're down here, right? There are different levels of devils out there. And they're trying to, to destroy you. 
And so you have to cast these things out. I'm not just talking about, we're not just talking about people who are possessed. You got to cast out things that come against you. How many walk through life and you have this dark cloud over you, or oppressing thoughts and oppressing spirit? You know what you got to do? You, you, got, you got to cast those things out. There's been times that me and Dana have been lying in bed on more than one occasion, just lying in bed, and we're tossing and turning, just tossing and turning. What's going on? The, the enemy's after you. And so I'll just raise up, and I say, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. And you know what the next thing I do? We lay down. Dana's over sound asleep, and I'm snoring. I'm not tossing and turning. You have to take an authority. See, God's giving you the authority. He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But you got to maintain those things. you got to maintain the. He won the battles for you, but you have to maintain it. you got to cast things out. Cast out darkness. Let's, let's look at some other things it says here. And they will speak with new tongues. We learned about this in the spiritual gifts, that when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can have... The, the, the utterance of speaking in tongues, which is your prayer language, which you're not speaking to man, but you're speaking to God. How many want to have a, a hotline with God? Do that with speaking in tongues. Look at the next one. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Well, let me just say something here. People go to extremes. You seen those churches that go around handling snakes? I'm not handling no snake. I said snake, I'm walking by that thing. You know, it also says that you will tread upon the lion and, and, and scorpions, right? You're not going to catch me down at the zoo walking on top of a lion, and you're not going to catch me walking on there barefooted with a bunch of scorpions. These are, spirit, these are symbolic things, folks. That we not, Even though Paul was bit by a viper and he shook it off, it didn't harm it at all. But we don't go around just with extremes and testing God. That's faith in your own faith. That's trying to prove something there. Don't do that. We don't do that. That's kooky. That's spooky. All right? But we also need to believe. There's two extremes, you know, in the pendulum. You got one over here where everyone's like, whoo, that's spooky. And then you got the other pendulum over here where, like, we don't believe anything. <laughs> We're just... We're just polishing brass on a sinking ship. We're just holding the fort down until Jesus comes. All they believe is heaven's their home, and one day they're going to go sweep by and by. But God wants you to bring the heaven to the earth. On earth as it is in heaven. In Branham as it is in heaven. In Burton as it is in heaven. Amen. God wants you to bring heaven to the earth. And if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. See, if there's an emergency and say that something happened here, what, what do we do? We follow that sign. That sign has what? Exit, and there's an arrow pointing that way. We go out that door, right? These signs shall follow those that believe. We <laughs> ought to be a sign. You understand that? To who? The lost. Because listen, there's folks that will never step foot in a church, but your life is a sermon to them. Your life is a sign. Praise God that God, I, the sign is that in my own life, 
whoo, God didn't give me over to myself. God woke me up one day and says, you know what? You need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He gave me that, and I received that. And over the years, he has transformed my mind with a renewed. Just think if he was giving, I'm a sign. You're a sign. You're not the same person you used to be. Praise God. You, you're transformed. You're renewing. You're changing my faith. In faith, you're a sign. You're a sign to the dying world out there. You should be a sign. These signs should follow. People ought to be able to look at you and say, there's something different. You know why? Because the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, forgiving, it ought to be a difference. We ought to be a sign of the kingdom of God that God can take. Mary Paul said, the chiefest sinners. Huh? How many feel like you're in that category? Praise God that he won't be about it. Because listen, we're all bad. None of us are good. We were all in the line to hell. Do you realize that? There's none righteous, no, not one. It's not, God, you know, God just gave you a little bit of salvation. You just need a little bit, a little dab of do you, right? The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And that's what can happen, folks, in life. So God wants to confirm. Listen, he wants to, not only that, God wants to confirm his word through you. Let's look at Jeremiah 1, 11 through 72. I mean, 11 through 12, I'm sorry. 72 verses, that's quite a bit. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am what? God is ready to what? He's ready to what, church? And where does he want to perform his word? Through you. He wants you to be that sign. God wants to perform his promises. How many of you know God's God, God is Jehovah Jireh? Huh? That means he will provide. God wants to Jireh in your life. Huh? How many of you know God is a healer? Jehovah Rapha. He wants to do that. If you acknowledge him as Jehovah Rapha, if you seek him diligently as Jehovah Rapha, he will reward you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he wants to perform his word. Now, let's, let's round this up. Here's a statement. We don't war with just the devil, but we also war with the lust of the flesh. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. You catch that here this morning? You can't just always say, the devil made me do it. Sometimes it's not the devil making you do it, it's just your old flesh. It's, see, let's read it. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not what? The lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So, if you walk in the spirit, what is that? What's that look like? 
What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It means to agree with God's Word. It means to take every thought captive. It means do God's Word. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're doing God's Word. You're not just observing God's Word. You're acting on God's Word. When you take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of the Word of God, you're walking in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, your flesh, that's the old man, that's the old you, had an identity but it still wants to identify with you. That, that, that flesh wants to call the shots. It wants to govern your life. But that's not going to please God, and that's going to mess you up. You know the works of the flesh? It says they're adultery, fornication, wrath, bitterness, all that. That's the works of the flesh. How do you overcome that flesh? By walking in the Spirit. Circle that. Walk in the Spirit. See, these are practical steps. Walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, why is, why is there a war going on? Why is there a war going on with your spirit and your flesh? Because your flesh, the old man, it's, it's the one that used to call the shots. But now you're born again, the spirit man, the perfect you, it wants to lead you. It's not going to lead you into sin, but they're warned against one another. You know what they're after? Your soul, your mind. Because your mind is what makes the choices. Your mind is what makes the decisions in life. You got to take every thought captive. You know what that means also? Take every emotion captive. Sometimes we just react by our emotions. God doesn't want you to react by your emotions. God wants you to respond with his word. Let's say that again. God doesn't want you just to react. And that's what some people do. They just react. They go through life, wherever, wherever their emotions are, wherever they feel. They go by their feelings. You can't do that. You got by what, go by what the Spirit says, what the Word of God says. You have to have emotionally ruled, kingdom ruled, Thoughts. Amen. Last one. Meditation of the Word of God. This is the key to success. Meditation. You know what that word means in the Hebrew? To chew. You know, I, we, I've had growing up, I had cattle growing up. My dad still got cattle. And I used to go out there and watch them. And, and man, they would just take in large quantities of grass. And I would never see them swallow. I just mean, they're just ripping grass, you know, just shredding it, shredding it. I'm like, you going to swallow that? And, and they just take it in. But then later on in the day, you see that old mama cow lay down under the shade and she tuck under her legs and she's doing this. You know what she's doing? Chewing on the cut. The grass she takes in goes into one stomach. They regurgitate it. Hope you had your breakfast already. <laughs> and they bring it up and they chew it on some more. Then they chew on it 
They swallow again, it goes to the next stomach. They regurgitate it. They bring it up, chew on it some more. Sounds awful, but to a cow it's great. <laughs> but eventually, it becomes, the grass becomes part of the cow. That's what the word meditate in Hebrew means. It means to chew, as chewing on the cut. It means that we think about the Word of God, we meditate on the Word of God, and then we rethink on it. You rethink on it. You meditate on it. You chew on it. You bring it back up, and then you think about it some more. And that meditation will bring you good success. Let me read Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law, talking about this word right here, shall not depart from your mouth. It means it always needs to be in your mouth. How's it going to get in your mouth? It's got to get down in your well. You're going to have to read it. You're going to have to study it. Shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, means chew, on it day and night, and you may observe, not only observe, because everybody observes, but to do according to all that's written in it. You've got you to do the Word. can't just be here's only. You've got to do the Word. For then you will make your way. Who will make your way prosperous? God. It says you will make your way prosperous and have good success. So that's the key. You don't want to fulfill the lust of the flesh? You want to defeat the enemy? Meditate on the Word of God. Chew on the Word of God. Read the Word of God. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Read the Spirit. Read about the Word of God. What, listen, you say, well, where do I start, Pastor Arthur? Do I start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Wherever you're struggling. If you're struggling in the works of the flesh... If it's, it says in there, the first one, the works of the flesh, you read there today, adultery. That's number one. You know how most marriages end? Adultery, fornication. You're struggling with that. Listen, cold shower's not going to get rid of it. What's going to get rid of it is the Word of God. See, you got to watch out. There's been so much religious thoughts out there. There are religious strongholds that will keep you in bondage. I remember as a teenager, I read this scripture, and you don't hear it preached about, but I uh, read this scripture. It says that if a man looks at a woman with adultery in his heart, he's committed. If he looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's committed adultery. Not physically, but spiritual adultery, it's always ha happened. And I thought, man. What do you do? I'm a teenager, right? So I go to the man of God, and these guys love God. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But they came to me and said, you know what? You're made that way. There's some things you're going to have to fight. And I said, well, why? I'm thinking, why would God give me a commandment, and he made me that way, and I can't keep it? Because it's a religious thought. How many of you heard I've been, I was born that way? Yeah. No, you weren't born that way. God made you perfect. Sin made you that way. The fall from the Adam, your Adamic nature made you fall that way. Sin entered the world, made you that way. And so when you take a thought like that and they say, well, that's just how you are. That's how you're going to live life. You know what happens? You give in to it because you think you got this weakness. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says it like this. Sin shall not have dominion over you. I means sin will not rule over you because you got a new nature in you. Can't go through life thinking that, you know what, I just can't, I'm just born this way, I just can't help it. 
Whatever area you're struggling in, are you struggling in worry, fear? Meditate on those scriptures. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Regard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Meditate on it. Don't worry about anything. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Wherever your struggle is, that's what you read. If you're struggling in your finances, if you worry about your struggling in your finances, God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Study of that. And you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh because your flesh is going to say, oh, man, you got to know somebody to make money. I mean, you heard that stuff. Strongholds, thoughts. Whatever you feed is what's going to grow. Amen. So you got like two brothers there. Uh, you, got, you, got, you got this big spiritual brother and you got the, this old brother, right? This new spiritual brother, your new creation. And, 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 and they're fighting one another. And to be able to defeat this old brother over here, you're going to have to feed him, the spirit. How do you feed the spirit? Meditating on the word of God. David said it like this, blessed the man. He walks down the counsel of the ungodly or sits in the uh, seat with scorners or stands in the path of sinners. But his delight is the law of the Lord. And in his law, he does meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. And whatever he does, his leaf will not wither. And but whatever he does will prosper. Amen. How many want to know prosper in life? How many want to be able to overcome your flesh? Meditate on the word of God. Go to the Word of God. Chew on the Word of God. I'm not saying read chapters after chapters. You're struggling with faith? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith can create substance. Faith is spiritual. Faith brings substance to what I hope for. I better have some hope because faith won't know where to bring the substance if I don't have hope. Chew on it. Think on it. Like that cow. Bring it back up. Meditate on it. And you will not fulfill. You either believe that or you don't. Don't allow the enemy to bring a stronghold in your life. You desire to be set free? Where to go set you free? Meditation. Chewing on it. Reading the Word of God. You know that cow, when they chew on the cud, you know what they do? They do it during the times when they're resting. I want to busy. This week, I'm going to end this with a little story. We had a storm come in, knocked out our electricity for a couple of days. Had two big limbs out there. I mean, huge, you know, from here to that wall, front yard, backyard. So I got there, and I was cutting all that up. I was throwing away refrigerator, freezer, freezer in the garage, all kinds of meat, everything. Man, I, I pitied the garbage man tomorrow because I got five big old man. It's going to take Iron Man to lift them to get them out of there. But I was so busy, engaged. When you're busy, thoughts don't come to your way when you're engaged. When do thoughts come your way? When you're laying around. See, God tells you in the morning when you're laying in your bedtime. Deuteronomy, it says, when, when you're laying, when you get up, when you're moving through life but not busy. You know, like I drove here to Brenham here this morning. I can't tell you how I got here. When you're contemplating, that's when the enemy will bring you thoughts. And you got to take every thought captive. 
and you got to bring it and make sure it lines up with the Word of God. And you won't get delivered. Natural causes are not, natural things are not going to deliver you. You're going to get set free from a stronghold. It takes the Word of God, which is spirit, which is greater. Greater is he that's in us. He's in, in the world. Amen. I want to give you the opportunity for salvation here this morning. I know everybody's heart's here this morning. Maybe you're here and you're like, I need to ask you a question. Where are you going to spend eternity? You say, well, I'm going to go to heaven. Why? Because I'm a good person. That won't get you there. I come to church. No, that won't get you there. The only way you're going to get to heaven is by becoming the righteousness of God. And the way you become the righteousness of God, you have to be born again. Now you're born again, you've got to believe that Jesus Christ died and paid your sin debt and believe and you receive that through faith. You don't earn your way to heaven. You receive your way to heaven through Christ Jesus and his blood. It's by faith. So you're here this morning. You need to, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you never have formally received him and walked and received by faith and walked with him, if you think it's just works, you're not saved. You're not born again. You're a dead man walking spiritually. So you have to become born again. How do you do that? Very simple. Romans 10, 9 says that if you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day, you believe that and you confess that, you'll be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm going to give you the opportunity for salvation. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Where are you going to spend eternity? You know, we we'll get up to heaven and the Lord looks at you and says, depart from me, I never knew you. He'll say that to church folks. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can come to church all your life, every time the door is open. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't understand the righteousness of Christ is what makes you righteous and none of your works. You have to be born again. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just don't look around. But if you want that this morning, you say, I want salvation here this morning. I want to be born again. Just simply raise your hand, and I will lead you. I'll lead the entire church in prayer. And if you mean it with your heart, you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, you'll be born again. That's it. Does anybody want that here this morning? Simply raise your hand. Yes. Yes, I see your hands. All right, church, say this with me. Heavenly Father, heard your word. I believe in your word. I believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again on that third day, defeated death. I thank you, Jesus, for enduring the cross and paying my sin debt. I thank you, Father, for your plan to redeem me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for making me aware that I'm a sinner, that I need Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. You pray that prayer? Born again. Do you need to keep praying that prayer? No. You're born again. Now your sins are forgiven. And listen, when you, if you do mess up, because you're going to mess up, we're going to mess up. We have an advocate. We have a mediator right now. We can come and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. 
and he cleanses you of all your unrighteousness. That's a wonderful thing. You're born again. You're born in the kingdom of God. Heaven is your home. You just take a big old breath right now. So when you leave this earth soon, that new spirit, that perfect spirit of you, heaven's your home. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's been a blessing to preach to you here this morning. We thank you. Love you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.